We're here talking today about being organized. So can we assume you're not organized because you're here? Like, are you, are you at the right event? We don't just make sure. We're getting started right on time. So let's get right into it. So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. To say the least, right, well, we are in for a treat here today because we've got two of the best. We've got Kyle Clarkson from Des Moines, Iowa, as well as Lisa Shinati from Boston. Let's give them a huge round of applause. And you know what we're going to do today? We want to make sure we've seen some others that we've done. Not everybody's gotten all their questions answered. Today, you've got them to pick their brain, ask questions. We're going to talk about their business, but we also want to make sure we've got enough time to answer your questions. Is that good enough? that help? All right, so here's what I want you to do. Pay attention, be organized, have a lot of great questions for them as well, right? We're here talking today about being organized. So can we assume you're not organized? Because you're here, like, are you, are you at the right event? We don't just make sure. We're getting started right on time. So let's get right into it. Why don't you tell a little bit about yourself, Lisa? So my name's Lisa. I'm from um, Massachusetts. My have... <laughs> I have a team, um, a fairly large team. So I, to give you a little bit of background about myself, I started in 2015, I sold eight homes. I joined coaching in 2016 and finished the year at 82 homes as a solo agent. Wait a minute, back that up, what happened? <laughs> I didn't even, that was amazing. Yep, eight. so 82 in 2016 all by myself. And then I formed my team last year and we finished at 212 homes sold. And then we've kept growing and growing. And last year, 212. And this year, I'm happy to say we just put 227 under agreement today. And so we're on pace to do somewhere Come between on. 350 yes. and 400. That is amazing. Yes. What do you attribute a lot of that growth to? What have you done? Well, so coaching was a big part of it, right? So understanding, coming up with a plan, being able to get out of my own way, come up with a plan, keep it organized, and be able to keep myself on task to accomplish all of the goals that I needed to do in order to get to that point, right? So there's so many tasks that we have to do every single day, whether it's as a solo agent, a member of a team, or running a team, there's just so much that goes into it. How, do, how were you in your own way? How, how did your coach help you get out of your own way? So... Mike helps me on a daily basis. I can be a little bit over-focused on one task at a time and not always able to see the bigger picture. So one of the things that he helps me do is see the bigger picture and understand that it might be four or five different things happening simultaneously that are going to help me achieve my goals. So he sees the big picture when we're sometime in it. We don't see that, right? Correct. Yeah. Awesome. And he's in absolutely everything. Yes, and I have, I'm a mom. I have two girls. They're 12 and 14, so wow. I'm balancing all of that. Wow. So, Kyle, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Yeah, my name is uh, Kyle Clarkson. I'm from Des Moines, Iowa. Yep, okay. I know there's a couple of Iowans in the building. Uh, I, got, I started in real estate back in 2004, kind of did my thing, was selling about 30 houses a year. I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but the real estate market in like 2009, 2010 wasn't great, right? Yeah, okay, so market kind of tanked. I told my wife, I'm like, if I could find a job, you know, pay me like 60 grand a year, I'd take it, and I did. 
and I took a job teaching people about real estate because I couldn't do it myself. But one of the nice things, <laughs> so one of the nice things about teaching is I knew like, hey, if I'm gonna teach people this, I need to know it. And that's where I got connected with Tom Ferry and their organization, started listening to some things and got excited. And I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna go in and sell and I'm gonna join coaching. And so at my max, before I got into coaching, I, I did 30 deals a year. Uh, I did my first year in coaching, I did 60. Uh, right now, this year, I'm at 65. My goal this year is 83, although my coach keeps pushing it up uh, all the time, but uh, at 65 and, and looking to do about 83 or in that awesome. ballpark. And your coach is? Javier. Javier, right on the front row. What does he hold you do? What, how does he help you? Well, I mean, for me, it started. The minute I got in, it was developing a plan, right? But it started with my mindset. Mm -hmm. And so in my schedule, first thing in the morning are my affirmations. Gotcha. And so I know that, it, you know, I got to believe first. And so he's really, and it, all the time, you know, even at the beginning of this year, he said, okay, who's first in your company? I was seventh in my company out of like 120 agents last year. I said, well, Megan is. He goes, well, you're going to pass her up. And, you know, I am number one. Yeah, so. <laughs> That's what we got going. There yep. you go. Good. So what is your schedule? Like, tell them a little bit about how does that look? Yeah. So firm believer, you know, you hear it often here, but you live by that schedule, right? If it's not in your schedule, it doesn't exist. So if I pull on my calendar right now, six o'clock is my affirmations. Seven o'clock, I'm to the gym. 830, I'm starting my calls. Nice. And then kind of, you know, appointments in the afternoon and so on and so forth. So how do you handle something that uh, somebody, uh, some appointment comes in and it's in your prospecting time? Uh, how yeah, do you so handle, that's the biggest thing, like getting off that schedule. Yeah. So tomorrow I'm flying, I'm flying back tonight. I got two closings in the morning tomorrow. And normally, you know, prospecting is 830. So I got a closing at 8 and 10 tomorrow. You, you got to find time. I mean, one thing Javier reminds me of often, you know, you know, if you're not going to make that time, you got to put it somewhere else in the calendar. Okay. So we shift it to the afternoon, make sure it gets done because that's priority number one. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to get done. You're not going to just pick it up the next day. You're going to find the time to do yeah, it. Yeah, I've never missed. Never. Ooh, never <laughs> missed. I'm kidding. No, no. I, like, <laughs> I, I feel like if I, if I can get 75%, like if I live my week 75% by my schedule, my calendar, it's a great week. And I, that's my goal, and I usually hit it. So it doesn't have to be perfect either. It doesn't have to be perfect. Why do so many people feel like it's got to be perfect, and then when they get off, they get way off? Anybody ever have that feeling? You got a plan, and then you never get back? How do you get back? I, I think it starts with the basics, right? I mean, that means tomorrow morning I'm up at 6 reading my affirmations, and it's kind of a reset of my mindset. Nice. So tell them a little bit about the team dynamic in your business and how that's changed because I know a few years ago you were doing everything now what does it look like yep so now what it looks like for me I've um, about 30 buyer or 30 agents on the team and I have nine staff members who help support and run the team on a daily basis I've just left production so I sold 12 houses this year and I'm done so my dynamic has shifted and one of my big roles is to coach and mentor my agents and help them accomplish their goals so my big thing is leading by example Right. So I keep a time block posted on my on the door of my office and it's color coded. And one of the things that I ask my team is to hold me just as accountable as I'm going to hold them. And I give them that permission and ask them if I have permission to hold them accountable. So if you walk in, you'll see that my calendar is color coded and they all kind of know what the colors are. Pink is time for me. Orange is time when I'm doing business development and yellow is time for them. And so they know when it's yellow, they come in and I'm a resource and I'm there. But if I'm supposed to be on a pink time, which is either with my kids or my husband or at the gym and I'm not there, 
like doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I give them permission to hold me accountable to it and ask them to give me consequences. So I keep 800 bucks in my Venmo account and <laughs> every time they catch me breaking my time block and they call me out on it, I'll Venmo them 20 bucks. Nice. Is that some accountability there? That's awesome. So talk. <laughs> she's on she's in i haven't paid out any yet yeah, this year that's good <laughs> so how uh we talked a little bit earlier before this about the dynamic of your team and you're growing how do you keep that culture how do you keep that fun what are things that you do around that to keep them tight to keep them motivated so we plan stuff right we block out activities but we we know that we all have to make them fun so we have call parties like twice a twice a month and at night or in the morning and we're all there and we're doing the same activities together and making sure that everybody's doing the activities that we know are going to generate money but work hard play hard so when we accomplish big goals the other side of it for us is understanding that we celebrate, right? So last month we took the entire team to Foxwood, which is a casino in Connecticut. We put them all on a party bus, drove them there, and celebrated for the night because we hit massive GCI for the month of June. What did you hit? What was the number? Tell them. $400,000 in commission in one month. In one month. Is that a time to celebrate? <laughs> Fantastic. And so what'd you do around that trip? How, tell them because I know there was a lot of great things that came from that as well. Yeah, so it was super fun bonding, right? We, we all got in the party bus and went down and there was dancing and there was laughing and joking all on the way down, which was amazing. And everybody getting to know each other. So my team, it, there's, I have 19 year olds who sell with me and then I have women in their 50s who sell with me. So, but they all get along and have this amazing culture. So we had the bus ride down. As they were getting off the bus, I handed them each a $100 bill to go gamble with. And then we arranged for two hours of bowling and you know, having fun again together, a little bit more gambling, and then we took the bus ride back. Nice. So super fun. And everybody was posting, having fun. Yeah, that was the best part, right? So like the culture, there were over 30 posts on Facebook tagging myself and the team and all of their teammates about how amazing it was. What it did, and some people don't realize it, but it's kind of systematic too for me because what that did was we had three people, three agents from outside the team reach out to us about what it would be like to work with us. Um, so it's a recruiting funnel in a lot of ways, and not just for the team, but also for the brokerage, right? So kind of everything that I do is very systematic for one reason or another. So work hard, play hard, but it also benefits the team. Nice. Kyle, what's, your, uh, what's a challenge you have? What's one thing you struggle with on a daily basis that Maybe they can. Well, I mean, time management is always a struggle. So, you know, like Lisa, I, li I live by my calendar. And so it's, you know, if I don't schedule, it doesn't exist. So I coach my son's team. It's in there and I make it happen, right? So you got to schedule around those things. And I, it's just me. I had a buyer's agent for three months. He sold seven houses, then left. I mean, what an idiot for leaving. But so I... <laughs> I got to get a new one. Javier reminds me all the time. But so, you know, one of the things that struggle for me is like, I got to do everything, right? I uh, got to go out and show houses, do all that. So to work it in the schedule and make sure that I'm redirecting, you know, that time in the morning that's, you know, I have an assistant. So one of the great things that she does is one for accountability, but two, she puts a list. So if I got to make 16 calls a day, she puts that list in front of me every day. So in the morning, you know, maybe there's five from my SOI that's in there, you know, uh, five from a farm, whatever. She's putting the, the list of 16 people and then holding me accountable to it. Uh, so having her is, is a huge asset for him. It took me over a year to hire her, I think, you know, and he was on me over. So I, I eventually get there, but it uh, had been huge growth. How uh, do you handle the, any distractions that come up? What do you... 
do to stay dialed in? To stay dialed in, distractions. That happens like, I don't have distractions. No, I have distractions continually. I mean, they're all around you, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm making my calls and so I'm starting at 8.30 and that email comes in because this deal's going south and how do you handle it? So I think one of the things I gotta do is make sure that, hey, I set my message. Uh, voicemail is gonna say I'm not available between this and this time because I know my priority number one is to make those calls. Uh, so as much as I can eliminate those distractions, I'm gonna be a lot better off. Gotcha. Hey, so tell them about your why. why what, what is the big why for you around what you're building? So my why, um, as I mentioned, I'm a mom and I've got two daughters. And so my why is that I went to college and got an education and then I took time off to be a mom. And I want my two daughters to realize that as women, we can go to school, get an education, take time to be parents and to do the things that are important to us, but then we can be massively successful. And that being a mom and being a woman doesn't put ceilings on what we do and knowing that whatever they want to, whatever they set their minds to, they're going to be able to do. Awesome. Let's clap that up to being an example. Yes. And living it and doing it. Yes. What's this, what's, what do you struggle with on a daily basis? What do I struggle with? I struggle with and, and still struggle with it sometimes is feeling, even though it's so much better. So when I sold 82 homes in 2016, I was in Visimom. Um, I worked probably 80 to 90 hours a week um, and gave up a lot. And I've taken a lot of it back by putting in place systems and a schedule and putting in place accountability. But it's still sometimes I think I can get pulled in a direction and not commit the time to my family. That's how, my biggest struggle. How does your coach help you remind you about those things? He absolutely holds me accountable to it. And Mike is, family is first for Mike. And that's something that I really respect about him. And he's the one, when, when Mike and I first started meeting, he asked me to write out what my three goals were for why I joined coaching. So my three goals were to balance time with my family, to be able to cash flow my kids' education, and to save for my retirement. And all of those things spoke to him because I think that there are a, a lot, we align in, in that way. So he's held me accountable to making sure that I have time for my family. And you know, my daughter's going to private high school this year and that was an expense I didn't expect when I started coaching, but I'm able to cash flow that um, without having to worry about it. And I've put away massive money for retirement. So he's holding me accountable to hitting all of my goals. Gotcha. So what's your big why? What is driving you? You know, I, I mean, I'm married for 16 years, three kids. You know, that, that's a huge why. I remember getting into coaching three years ago and, you know, Javier and I talking about that, you know, because that's, you know, without the why, you know, what the hell doesn't matter, right? So, so the, how, the why for me, it's centered around them, but I also had to get my own life in order. Uh, developing those systems, having a schedule, sticking to that schedule. You know, at that point in my life, I was, you know, had high blood pressure and so even, even the physical part, you know, Javier kept me accountable to that. Like, hey, you get into the gym, uh, got off the high, you know, the blood pressure medicine within a year. And, you know, I mean, that's how I have this amazing so, uh, body. He, your, coach is <laughs> <laughs> your coach is helping you with your health, your whole, it's a whole balance. It's picture. a whole balance. You know, we talk about mind, body, soul, all those things as part of, you know, I guess that morning routine is where it began. Knowing that if you start the day right, it really sets you for for the entire day mm -hmm. uh, that if I, you know, again, starts with a mindset and reading my affirmations, then getting to the gym and then, you know, doing all that. So 
he's been huge uh, in, in, in that part of my life as well. well what made you, you told me you were a third generation realtors in your family. How did, how did you finally give up or say, you know what, I can't do this on my own or I can't figure it out on my own? Yeah, so go back 2004, I had a grandpa that had a real Century 21 franchise in Des Moines. My dad was a, a broker in Des Moines and they taught me a lot of great things. Sales skills, you know, I learned the sales part of it. I go to an open house, convert those type of things. But one thing they never taught me uh, is they never taught me how to run a business. Okay. And, and that's what this is. I never learned how to run a business. I just right. go to open house, whatever, no plan. And they did a great job on that part of it. But it wasn't until I got into coaching, you know, where you know, year one, I doubled more than I'd ever done because I actually had a plan. Right. It, you know, as Tom was mentioned, I'm not a hobbyist. Right. You know, this was actually a business. And so when I started treating it like a business is when it took off. Gotcha. Treat it like a business. Let's open it up to some questions. Good stuff so far? What questions do you have? We've got the experts, yes, right there. Question is, do you have ISAs? I do, I have two in my business. Um, and so we utilize them in a workflow fashion. Um, and so some of the biggest tools that we use, like our CRM and that kind of stuff, for me, when leads come in, they go to my agents and they stay with my agents for 12 to 14 days for 12 to 14 days of pain. And if the agent isn't able to engage the lead or convert the lead, then they move to the ISAs. Or if the agent engages the lead and he says, he or she says, I'm probably six to nine months out. We send it to the ISA for the long-term nurture and then have it move back to the agent. So what would you say to somebody that, I don't have an ISA, I can't afford an ISA? Oh gosh, you don't need one. And you know, so one of the things that I learned through coaching is that my lead flow is like a faucet, right? And I can turn it on and I can turn it off based on whatever I'm able to handle at any given time. So. If you're a solo agent and you don't have an ISA, I don't think you need one. And it's not really an expense to take on because you can dial back on, on the lead flow in the, for the short period of time. Mike, the one thing that he drives home with my team, so my whole team is coached by Mike, is go deep, don't go wide, right? So we convert our Zillow leads between 10 and 11%, which is phenomenal conversion but we're very cautious about limiting the number of leads that we give to each agent. So I never wanna give them more leads than they're gonna be able to consistently follow up on over the duration of time. And we find that the fewer leads we give them, actually the higher the conversion rate and the better the, the profit margins and the ROI. What's that number? What? What's the number of leads? I never wanna give them more than 20 to 25 leads a month, sometimes up to 35, but I don't like to go there. And we try to limit their database to 40 at a time because that's the number. When you look at the 10 to 12 days of pain, right, for us, that looks like two phone calls a day at the very least, right? We want them touching in the morning and if they don't make contact, we want them touching again in the evening. So if you multiply that out, 20 leads a month times two phone calls a day times 12 days, it's a lot of phone calls, right? So fewer leads, higher quality of touches equals higher conversion. So at the end of the day, it's a numbers game. It's all, it, real estate is math. Right. It's all about math. Nice, yes. Yeah, so it, it's just me. Uh, and you know, first of all, like emails, again, it's easy to get distracted, right? Because we get in the office and there's a hundred different things. There's all these emails that are in our inbox, but it's, it's gotta be on the back burner. So my, if I'm making calls 8.30 to 10, that's what I'm doing. After that, I get to those tasks. Now, I also have an assistant, and she's, she's in my email, and if it's something she can respond to, then she responds and takes care of it. So she does a lot of that. I'll do what uh, she can't handle on that. Phone calls, uh, I, I, if, 
if I'm available in the evening, I'll probably answer it. And uh, you know, if it's from Zillow or some other online lead, I'll I'll try to run with it. So mine's a little bit different because of the team. Um, so I do block off time, and I and I'm very upfront with clients and with agents about the time that I'm available for phone calls and emails up front. With the agents, one of the things that we've done again, working with Mike and understanding quality of life is huge, right? We have our agents taking lead shifts, and so they sign up for three-hour increments. And over those three-hour increments is when we're holding them accountable to things like speed to lead and response times, and when they should be scheduling their follow-up. Um, so if they're not available, and I don't want them to be available 24 hours a day, even as a solo agent, we shouldn't be on call 24 hours a day. And a lot of it is scripting, right? Or putting it away and knowing when to take it out. Uh, and it's a hard skill to learn to be able to put it away, but it's scripting it up front with the clients. And I've found that a lot of clients always understand. They usually have families and stuff as well. And real estate, there's nothing that's gonna be a true emergency, right? It's not life and death. So it can wait an hour. Why do agents act like it's life and death or all these emotions? <laughs> well, I think it's hard to think that you're going to lose the business. But my kind of philosophy as I've grown the business is that I want to work with people who respect me as a professional, who respect my time, and who respect my skill, right? And finding that balance is humongous. Great question. Yes, right over there. So the question is, how did you go from doing almost everything to transitioning to a more balanced schedule in life? Yeah, that's, that was tough. Um, and so I've actually had two coaches since I've been in coaching. My first coach was all about mindset and was actually the one who taught me to hire an assistant, right? Hire somebody who's going to be able to. So, y'all, I wouldn't get paid if I didn't have assistants. So I'm going to be completely honest. Like, I am my C for anybody who knows Dick's profiles. I joke that it's, it's negative. Like if you could like have like a negative graph, like I have no C. Um, and so I have to work to be organized and I have to work to be able to keep that all in place. But so one of the systems that I established was finding people who fill my weaknesses. So I have a great assistant who, and one of the things, so early on my first coach, Mary taught me that paying somebody even for a smaller period of time would allow me to get back to the income producing activities that I was going to make more money on. So finding somebody who could fill those weaknesses and take that off my plate helped me get to that next level. So you're not born organized is what I just learned. I am definitely not born. You work at being organized. Yeah, I have awesome. to work hard at it and I work hard at it every day. Yes, far back. Let's share with both. Kyle, talk about your systems around follow-up, and then Lisa, you tag off that. Yeah, so my assistant's a big part of that, but uh, we, we have a couple CRMs that we use, and I like spreadsheets. And so everything I've got in my spreadsheet is open all the time. So I've got leads from wherever they're coming from, my last touch point with them, and then my assistant, who's, you know, in our two CRMs that we use, that's where she's pulling them from. And, okay, now we need to touch the... Um, you know, talk to these five from our SOI or these five from the farm, you know, she runs that part of it. So I've got probably three different systems that are kind of like always, always uh, open, you know, on my computer. I use Boomtown. Um, I've got my spreadsheet. And then uh, we do use, have been using Contactually. So that'd be a nice shift as well for us. Nice. And what's your follow-up like, Lisa? So we use a couple different things as well in different kind of ways. So I use Real Geeks and we have everything is scheduled for follow-up. So one of the things that we like to teach our agents and that I teach myself is that my brain is like a sponge and it's full 95% of the day. And I'm never gonna remember every, I'm never gonna remember anything. Um, and so I have learned to fulfill that weakness or fill that weakness by scheduling everything, whether it's in my CRM with follow-up or whether it's in other 
you know, system. So my assistant and my sales manager talk through Trello and we'll assign do doing done boards through Trello. So we understand what tasks are being done, who's working on what, and we can tag it back and forth so that I know I'm not the stopgap for Rachel finishing something that she needs to do or Jason finishing something that he needs to do. Trello communicates with our Google calendars. So we're able to, if I'm really running behind on something, Jason can take it from within Trello, tag it and push it into my Google calendar so that I see it that morning when I open it up and can get it done. Um, and then we use a bunch of other, you know, Dropbox is huge for us, Google Drive, so that we're constantly sharing data back and forth and using dot loop to keep track of all the trans the transactions that are going on. Great. Yes. So the question is integrating social media. How do you do that? I don't do it. <laughs> you. My my yeah, that was a big takeaway for me, you know, from Tom yesterday <laughs> is, you know, that uh, that whole campaign. One of the big things I did last year is you know, my assistant's a big part of this. So she does, you know, daily uh, with our Instagram and Facebook. She's taking care of that. Uh, last year, we did a big campaign, a 30 for 30 is what we called it. So we did this 30 for 30 campaign where basically I went around to 30 different business owners in my community and we just did a question and answer with them. And so that was probably one of the greatest things we did, you know, on social media last year. Uh, had great return, great, you know, I probably had more shares and uh, more comments on those than anything I'd ever done in the past. There so. were videos or interviews? They or were, yeah, okay. so there were video interviews. We just went, you know, I went to, you know, a couple of restaurants, uh, went to a couple different gyms, coffee house, uh, and then um, it was for the month of April and we called it 30 for 30, awesome. 30 business owners in 30 days. How and was that in the beginning? Was that a little awkward, a little different, a little out of your comfort zone? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I mean, even, you know, we were doing Facebook lives, which I wouldn't do it that way if I did it again, but we're, <laughs> we're live with these people. And so, you know, I'm at, you know, I know this may surprise you, I'm not a big guy, uh, but so I'm at this gym and he's like, hey, you know what, let's do some deadlifts. And so here I am in like a suit and tie and I get down, I'm deadlifting for the first time in my life. Right. Uh, so, you know, but we learned and we had a lot of fun with it. Bars on your neck, Yeah, right? yeah, it was, it was great. Awesome, yes. So the question is how do you, like anybody feel overwhelmed sometimes? A lot of information, how do you, how do you decipher, go through that information, especially around social media and all the things that we hear and see? Yeah, so for me, I'm not, I'm not the most comfortable person on video. It pains me. Um, this actually is far outside my comfort zone, to be completely honest. Um, and so I look at it and it's, I set goals, right? Small goals. You'll see a few videos of me here and there. Like if you go on my Facebook profile, like you'll probably see four in the past year. But real, realistically, those four videos probably happened in the past 30 days. Um, and it's break, I break it down, right? Just like anything else, I just chunk it down and say, what small part of this can I bite off now and then keep building off of it, right? So if I can take it so that like the first one was a video of just me with my team, right? So I didn't have to be in the spotlight and having full attention on me. And then add in another little layer where maybe it's me and one agent. So again, it's not fully the attention on me and chunk it out. And it's just like any other part of the business, right? Building your business plan, do it in a chunk. Doing your marketing plan, chunk it down. Don't take, don't, you don't have to eat the whole apple at once, right? That's a great thought, yes. I'm sorry, online leads. What are her best sources for online leads? So I look at lead gen just like anything else, right? And then you've gotta have all these different pillars, kinda of like Tom and you know, all of the coaches always talk about through it all is that you've gotta make a business that's gonna be able to sustain, right? So looking at all the different pillars that we have, we use Zillow, we use realtor.com, 
I use Facebook marketing, um, Google pay-per-click. I've just dive, dove into pay-per-click with Bing. Um, so across the board, it's all sorts of different pillars that, that drive in on the online front. What's your best lead sources, Kel? Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the great things over the last couple of years is really discovering who I was. You know, we always talk about agent archetypes and understand, am I a converter? Am I a marketer? Am I a prospector? Uh, or am I a networker? And for me, I don't really like people. So to... <laughs> I love it. I love so it. So to realize, you know, I'm a, I'm a converter. And so at that point in my career, I'm like, you know what? I need to, I need to double down on Zillow. And so I doubled down on Zillow and saw an increase there and uh, doing a lot with like geographic farming. Um, and so these are some of my sources. Now, those other things need to happen still. You know, the prospecting part of it, the networking for sure, I gotta hit my SOI. But realizing like in my sweet spot is, is that converter, that marketer type, and that's who I am. And I think when you kind of discover like, okay, this is who I am and your lead sources kind of fall in line with that, I mean, I, I, you feel better about what you're doing, feel more excited about what you're doing, and I think that's an important thing to take a look at. Nice. Yes. So how do I recruit? Um, so I, uh, kind of the same thing that I look at with online leads, I look at recruiting as though I've got to have all sorts of different pillars that are leading into a big funnel to keep it going, right? So I use a service called Wise Hire where I've always got ads running. Um, and my philosophy as the team has gotten bigger is that when I find talent, no matter what they're what they're good at, I'm gonna find a place for that talent on my team, right? So I recruit through Facebook. I recruit by running call parties in my office and I invite everybody from outside brokerages in to experience my culture. We train them, we give them leads and tell them if they book business, give us a referral fee back. We run lunch and learns where we go out into the community and talk about the things that we're really good at and the things that we're passionate about. Um, my agents, are my biggest cheerleaders, right? So they're out working with Cobrokes and they're saying how fantastic we are. And that's just another source that's kind of coming in. I cold call through rosters. Um, and so I really probably have six or seven different lead pillars for agent recruiting that are going into the funnel and understanding the different, just like any kind of other lead, right? Like as agents, we all know Zillow leads convert faster than Facebook leads, which convert slower than pay-per-click leads. And all the different recruiting sources have the same thing and it's letting them get to the bottom of the funnel. Yes. How do you handle the emotional <laughs> highs and lows? Uh, take it out of my kids starters. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, you know, I mean, one thing that I've really had to learn is almost like this um, metaphorical taking off my coat when I walk in the house. Like, I'm leaving these troubles at the door. My wife and kids are not going to be a part of it. Because we all know, I, I mean, they're every day, right? The more business you do, the more troubles there are. And, uh, you, you know, so my, my goal is I'm not going to bring that home with me. Uh, leave, it, leave it at the door. Reset my mind. Yeah, I got to reset my mind. I got to go back to the beginning of my day. And for me, my affirmations start, you know, my first affirmation in the morning is I am the best damn realtor in Des Moines, right? And there's a couple more right here, but I still believe it. And so, <laughs> so you know, knowing that, right? And, you know, as, as my business has grown, it's, there's more opportunity, right? It's abundance. And so if I go back five years ago, there wasn't abundance. And if I'd lose that deal, it would kill me. But now because there's an abundance, it's like, eh, on to the next. And so that's a big part because there's been so much growth. I mean, it still hurts. Still that kick in the stomach, right? Every time. And that doesn't go away, but it's a little easier to swallow and handle. 
But let's talk about, you said there, how about your mindset? How has your coach worked with you around mindset? Because you said back then there wasn't abundance. Do you feel like there's abundance now? There, there is abundance for me. You know, part of that is creating, you know, those different pillars or spokes of where business is coming. So, right, uh, that abundance came from realizing it's not just about showing up in an open house Sunday and hoping somebody shows up or hoping my phone will ring, but actually creating opportunities that are going to make the phone ring. Right. And so now going from I hope I have a lead to now there's several leads and now I got to have systems in place to actually follow up with all these leads I have. So for your example, what, I, what we do when that happens is say, fuck it. And I'm going to fill it with two more pieces of business. I right? didn't no, know I'm you serious. would say that word. Oh my gosh! Shocking. Lisa, <laughs> the pearls are deceiving. Right, right, right. right, 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 right. <laughs> no, but so seriously. So when and that next. happens, yeah. right next. But not only am I going to take the negative energy that I feel from it, but I'm going to hop on the dialer and I'm going to dial until I get enough appointments to fill that one lost listing with two more. You know what started my, I don't know if everybody knows, but so when I was leaving, what started my transition, like one of the questions I get a lot is why eight to 82, right? And it was a mindset shift because somebody told me I couldn't make it as a realtor. And they told me that I didn't have what it took to succeed in this business. And so the biggest motivator to me is somebody telling me that I can't do it or trying to prove me wrong, right? And then once you work with a coach or whomever you use as your mentor to help you figure out how to turn that around and how to build it from there, you just put the pieces in place and it. Have we got, uh, if you're a coach, raise your hand. We've got coaches. There's your That's coach my guy. right there. <laughs> what would you do without your coach? I would be lost. Whoa. And he knows that. And I tell him that like every single Tuesday morning at 8.30. So. <laughs> How about you? What would you do without your coach? I go back to what I was doing before I was in coaching, right? At my best, I was 30, you know, doing 30 deals a year or whatever. I, was, I had high blood pressure. I wasn't working out. Uh, and he really helped me put those systems in place. Accountability has been a, a huge part of it. And I sometimes I screw up right but he's I'm like he's on me about it right so I mean to, to have that it's like hey, hey here's what did you get this done no you know what what he's on me about it so who is I'm, considering coaching in the audience who is on that fence right now what would you say to someone that is like ah, I'm not believing this or I think I can do it myself what would you say to someone considering coaching man I remember going back to 2004 and looking at the people that were doing business and like like I never do that like that that's a pipe dream but that dream has become a reality and, you know, him and coaching is, I mean, it's a huge part of that uh, in every aspect of my life. I think mind, body, soul, business, all that huge growth. Nice. How about you, Lisa? Same thing. I could, there's no way I could do it on my own to understand how to get, like I can, can get to 30 or 40 on my own, but no way I'd be able to figure out how to grow a team. No way I'd be able to figure out how to provide the leverage and how to balance all the financials and everything else that goes with it in order to understand that it's a business and that it's not just a hobby and it's not just a high paying job, it's a business. And how, it, how have you made the most out of your calls and coaching? Because some people are like, oh, it's just 30 minutes. You know, how do you make the most out of that? I for those give Mike permission to hold me highly accountable and understanding that he's got full, I've got, we've got full transparency between us. He's in absolutely every system of my business and, you know, kind of understands what's going on and we get down to business. And I think we accomplish more in 30 minutes than I accomplish in five hours with most other people. Cause he takes the, he takes the lead. Nice. He, he, so 
one time I missed a deadline. I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember where I'm going with this? And you hung up on me and you said, I'm not talking to you again until you get your listing presentation redone and I'm going to charge you for the call. And that was the motivation I needed to never miss to a deadline again. That was the best thing there you ever go. did That's for me. That's a good me. one. That spoke to me. Let's give Lisa and let's have a huge round of applause for them. Thank you very much. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.